Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Knowledge Football Dynasty Podcast. I'm Sonny and I'm your host. Today is kind of an exciting day for the podcast. Uh, first of all, I'm actually speaking to you through a microphone, which is new. And also, uh, this episode can be found on iTunes, so that's also exciting. If you were stumbling across iTunes and you came across this podcast and were hoping for a really professional, polished, uh, even a silky smooth radio host voice, uh, I hate to disappoint you. What you found is a little bit of an underground podcast, but uh, I do believe I have a message and I'm here to share it. What you'll find in this podcast is you're not going to find a lot of player rankings or a lot of, you know, we will have some player talk and I will definitely be sharing my opinions about different players and even, you know, kind of different situations and, and values. But what you won't hear is me going on and on about my player rankings or putting a lot of emphasis into what I think of the players. Um, a large part for that is that because I don't do my own evaluations for players. Um, most of my opinions are based, pretty much all of my opinions are based on other people's evaluations. And I hate to break it to you, but most of the podcasts you listen to, aside from a few of those hosts that actually do a lot of their own film study and, and really are trained to look at different things in the NFL and, and follow how different players need to react and, and all these different things that actually make up good film watching, not just film watching. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I understand it. I, I do trust my eye and I do a lot of things um, with the eye test as far as just watching football. But I also rely a lot on other people's analysis. I find guys that I try to trust, guys like NFL.com, Lance Zerline, you know, the Matt Waldmans, the Matt Harmons, guys who really do a lot of their own research and really have a formula for how they like to evaluate players. And um, what's what's interesting to this about this to me is that I feel like majority of the podcasts I listen to, although they're really good and entertaining and, and informative podcasts, a lot of them have the same feel to me. I feel like the hosts are really doing the same thing, which is just taking an evaluation of someone else's and then putting, you know, making an opinion based on what they're reading of someone else's evaluation. So I'm not saying that that's terrible. In fact, there can be a lot learned from that. But what I am saying is that if you listen to 10 different podcasts and all 10 of those podcast hosts are taking their information from the same evaluators, then you're not really listening to 10 different informed uh, opinions. What you're really doing is taking your information from the same source, um, just kind of confirming it over and over and over again. Kind of trick you into thinking that you know, you're getting a lot more opinions or getting a lot more input than you, you may actually be. And, and sometimes I feel like, you know, I would almost rather take my own opinion of those sources because it's really not that much more work to go and, and look at some different pro football focus or different analytics and different people who, who do actual draft analysis. I think that that's, you know, those kind of things, you do it yourself, you you get a chance to kind of see the evaluations and then you base your own opinion. Uh, when you're listening to podcasts, you're really taking, you're making an opinion based on an opinion of an evaluation or an opinion of an opinion of an opinion of an evaluation, if you know what I'm saying. So I think that's the, the thing that we have to watch out for is because if we're really looking for an edge in dynasty football and we're all carrying around the same player value list, then really there's there's just not a whole lot of edge to be gained. So what what I'm thinking about with this podcast and what I'm really trying to do is, is to create a community, create a, a, a database of what I would like to think of is almost like a metagame approach to dynasty football. Um, if you know what metagame is, it's, you know, it's kind of a poker or different kind of gaming type theory and strategy approaches. In fact, I'll read, I'll read to you the, the, 
definition on Wikipedia here for metagaming. Metagaming is any strategy, action, or method used in a game which transcends a prescribed rule set using external factors to affect the game or goes beyond the supposed limits or environment set by the game. So what that means basically is everything else that's not player rankings, the rules, and I mean it's kind of like if you're looking at a game of chess or, or another strategic game and you have you know, the, the rules, just like fantasy football, you have our rules, and you have the pieces, which in fantasy football are the players. And if we just put all of our emphasis, let's say we're looking at chess, and all we did is just analyze the pieces and just overanalyze the pieces. Now, granted, I'm, I, I get that they're not exact, you know, exactly correlated because you've got a lot more pieces in, in fantasy football than you do in chess. But my point is, is that nobody spends all of their time analyzing the pieces. The pieces are not the key in chess. You know, if you did a draft for, for pieces in chess, somebody would take a king, then the next guy would take a king, and then the other guy would take a queen, and the next guy would take a queen, and you'd go down the list. It's pretty clear how the values are. But what would actually dictate who's going to win that chess game? The competitors do. The competitors tell you who's going to win that chess game. And in almost every game I can think of, it's always the competitors, the people involved, and therefore more important than player analysis, more important than any of these things, especially when it comes to dynasty football, because... You know, metagame can only be gone so far, and I think with, with redraft, when you see the metagame come into play, there's just not a lot of trading, and without a lot of trading, there's just, you know, then it really does put a huge emphasis on the draft and um, picking up free agents and stuff, and that really does come down to player analysis. So redraft, I really don't think that there's a huge area for, for metagaming, but I think when you get into Dynasty, uh, there's a couple things that open up the metagame for you. you. You're looking at the fact that a lot more people actually trade in Dynasty. There's a lot more action Everybody has a much deeper rosters, so there's a lot more, you know, kind of planning for the future. And, and as Dynasty Leagues get established, you find that there's people that are looking to rebuild. There's people that are looking. There's all different directions that teams are going. So you can find a lot of win-win trades where one team gets something they want and another team gets something they want, and, and both sides win. Um, that's part of the factor. The other factor is that you're getting to know these people over a long period of time, and Getting to know people is is really finding out their tells or finding out their leaks. And I think because it's dynasty football and you see people play for so long, they kind of let their guard down. I mean, imagine playing in a poker hand or, or just a game of poker with, with a group of people over a three-year period or four-year period. You know, those, and those hands were played out really slowly. You would, you would find that people would no longer be keeping their, their information to themselves very well. Everything would be kind of everyone lets their guards down. Everyone just kind of starts being themselves and therefore sharing all their leaks. And over a three-year period, I think that poker game would get a lot easier. And so sometimes I think we need to look at dynasty football the same way, where we're we're taking an edge here, we're taking an edge there. We're always looking at the meta game, looking at different ways that we can reach outside of player analysis, get to different things that you know will affect the game. And, and really try to find edges there because if you put those edges to work over a two, three-year period, you'll find that, that there's really a huge, huge edge. I'd also challenge you to look around any dynasty leagues that you're in and just take a look at the really effective, the best players in those leagues. I think you'll find very, very clearly that it, their player analysis is good. They're fine, you know, Everyone has to have a baseline for the ability to, to judge talent, but what really makes those players special is their ability to get deals done, get get the players that they want. 
And I mean, I can tell you, I've seen it so many times where you'll see a great player come in, he has a garbage roster, and before you know it, the guy has somehow just turned that thing around and has all these nice pieces and he's worked out deals with guys. And then there's other guys who come in and they have just a stacked roster and it takes them no time at all to just completely dwindle it away. If you, Like I said before, if you're looking at most games, it's, it's usually the competitor in the game ha- has dictates 90% of the action. You know, it really comes down to those people elbow their way to the top. And for some reason in dynasty football, fantasy football, the community of, of football, of fantasy football, it just seems like it's all player analysis, player analysis. So even if... Uh, let's say we take it from 10% metagame right now because I think a lot of these things that, that I'll be talking about in future podcasts and I've talked about in po- past podcasts are, are intuitive things that you do in- instinctively as a dynasty player, and, and, you know, just as a person. You know, you feel somebody coming at you for a certain player and you get defensive and you try to find your way to protect or, or you know, put on, on a certain face to, to, to emulate, you know, what you're feeling about that player. But what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of that is instinctual and a lot of that is not really thought about. And we need to become, start doing those kind of things more consciously. And I've got a lot of ideas um, and, and I'm going to be sharing them in, in podcasts. But I also would love for you to join me um, in, in this conversation and, and try to help me build this database. Start asking questions, start sharing ideas. Um, you can find me now. I am on Twitter at uh, Big Knowledge FO1. That's Big Knowledge F O one. So I you know, thought I got the Big Knowledge football when I entered it on Twitter, but uh, I didn't realize it was too long. And Twitter, you know, they took the liberty of shortening f- for me to uh, Big Knowledge F O one, which is fine by me. It sounds good. I just use it to post the podcast anyway. And love to get some interaction on there as well, and, and subscribe to the podcast if you would. But uh, mainly, you know, the thing is, is I, I want to get this going where that we can start talking a different side of the conversation and really start focusing our energies on a lot of different ways that we can get an edge because I think with with these rulings from the government that they've, they've, they've come down and stuff, the, the legalization, even if it doesn't change the laws in the states, it's going to change people's mindset, just some of the, the you know, the casual players. It's going to lighten their, their, their feeling about gambling, quote gambling on dynasty football or whatever. So you're going to find that we're going to have a lot of, quote, fish coming into dynasty over the next three, four, five, ten years, there's going to be a lot of new people. So I think one thing when I talk about this metagame, I think it's important to understand that, you know, usually if you're in good leagues with, you know, competent players, which most most leagues are that are money leagues, at least half of your, your league is going to be full of, of guys who aren't just full of leagues. You know, they're going to have minor leaks, they're going to have minor flaws, but there's also, they're going to have things that can be exploited. And then most importantly is, they're going to be your competition trying to exploit the other weak links in your league. And the more we can find ways to exploit those weak links and beat those guys to the punch is what, you know, is really the gaming and, and the important thing in Dynasty because you make you beat them to the punch on one move and that, that move lasts you for years because you get to keep those guys. And so pouncing on those fish is going to be important. And uh, I think we all know that... Uh, our, our game is not up to par. My, mine, you know, I think of stuff all the time. I'm just thinking, okay, what if this works? And what if this works? And I try it and some things work. And, I, and the nice thing about this podcast is I haven't done a lot of my, my drafts yet. A lot of my leagues, I'm in about 15 dynasty leagues. We haven't gone through our rookie drafts. We haven't gone. So I plan to kind of implement, not necessarily just telling you about my leagues, but just kind of trying different things along the way and hopefully getting some suggestions and throwing some things out there and just seeing what works, what doesn't, giving you guys some feedback, giving you ideas of what 
you know, what kind of strategies we can take during the drafts and things, you know, mid-season, at the end of the season. You know, hopefully we can we can make something happen. If you want to email me, you can reach me at bigknowledgefootball at gmail. Um, I know some of you aren't on Twitter. In fact, I was not on Twitter until just making this podcast. So, um, so yes, yeah, so you want to email me, bigknowledgefootball at gmail.com. And if you want to reach me on Twitter, that would be at bigknowledgefo1. And I'd love to hear from you. Let's, let's, let's start talking about it. So for this episode, uh, what I'd like to talk about, and I'm going to keep it a little bit short because I kind of pontificated there with the uh, mission statement for the podcast, but I, I like to get that in here now that we are on iTunes and I think that uh, I've gotten a few listeners. So, But now I would like to, to get into a little bit of this metagame talk, and today I would like to look at going into a dynasty startup. Um, things to look for, you know, different identify different players in your leagues. Just things that that I noticed that are important is you start to go into a dynasty league. Like I said, you're trying to already get fill out fill out the league, and there's there's certain things that you can do. And rather than just going in kind of like, oh, you know, we're all on an equal playing field. This is just for fun, and you know, I'd, you know, you can do that. And and, and I want to say one thing, which is if you if you're thinking of implementing these things in the big big money leagues, like I mean, I play in hundred dollar type buy-in leagues and a few a little bit more. So I'm not a big time player. I don't play in big money leagues. If you play in thousand dollar leagues, my advice may be no good to you. Um, I don't know. I don't play in those leagues, and I think that most of those guys are probably pretty savvy dudes. So I think that you know, go proceed with caution. The higher the higher the value of of the league buy-in, but you know, in a, trying to, to to keep playing dynasty and find fish and find different ways that, that I can make it fun and take advantage of, of my edges. And I like to do that right there in, you know, in the $100 range or a little bit more sometimes depending on the list. So going into a Dynasty startup, um, one thing I really recommend is take notes. Um, this doesn't have to be detailed notes at all. In fact, what I like to do is just make one page of with every team. You, know, you, put, you can put your 12 teams you know, or 11 teams or whatever, you, you and your other 12 teams um, or 11 teams. And, and you just what you want to do is – put each team down and then find ways to to note things about the guy's character. You know, I like to, to put in parentheses type A or type B personality. And it's not necessarily the same as human personalities, but I kind of, it, it is, is similar. And the, the way I look at it is type A personality are aggressive guys. They're guys who want to win. Um, they take the game very seriously. They usually are about the money. Um, they, they, they come to win and they come for money. Uh, but the type B personalities, they're a little bit different. They, in fact, I call, like to call them entertainment value guys. Um, I'm usually one of those kind of guys. Um, and, and they can range a lot. That doesn't mean they're not competitive. It just means that they don't, they don't necessarily play the game for the money or for the winning. They do, they play it for entertainment value, and, and they see that they can, you know, it doesn't matter to them. If they've spread it out over a long period of time and gotten joy out of it, then whether they really win or lose isn't you know doesn't really affect their game. So it's important to note these kind of guys early on to figure out who's entertainment value guy and who is the aggressive type. So I like to make notes on those kind of things. Um, other things you can look for is you know, sometimes when you get into these dynasty leagues, you you're on a chat page of some sort, like a group me or, or Slack or something. And I like to kind of hesitate unless trading has already started. If we're st- we're still in the off season of a startup, I kind of like to just kind of let other people come to me. I don't like to go out and start reaching out to everybody because I want to see who reaches out to me. Usually, when you see who reaches out to you, you find out pretty quickly who your competition is because if they're reaching out to you, they're reaching out to everybody else, and that guy is going to be important to remember not only because he's your competition for for getting to the weak links in your league, but he's also a guy that you're going to find a lot of win-win deals with this guy because he's very active 
and it's good to be, you know, have a link with this guy and be able to communicate because he's he's the kind of guy that on drafts when one guy wants to move up and one guy gets it. He's a perfect trade mate. And so a side note of that, I do want to say, don't be the the you know crap talking a hole in your league. I mean, you can do what you want, but I've never found that to be a good approach. I don't. I never understood why people thought that was a good approach to go and just kind of like. I guess they want to be the Raiders or they just want to be some kind of like. You know, they think it's like the cool thing to do is to come and, you know, stir up the league. But really, you know, you just alienate yourself from most of your league mates. And then you, you, you restrict your ability to make trades with a lot of those people. So I don't recommend that. I think it, it's really important to kind of like have a good relationship with all of your league mates. And there's ways you can do that without giving too many leagues. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they have good relationships, too good of relationships. They give away all their, their information and just become like friends. And then they just don't want to lie to each other and then and it's not about lying but you got to have you, you got to keep your your information you don't tell players what you think because it, you oftentimes don't even really know what you think you know what the the consensus thinks and so you're basing your your bet on that so really i just it's like that's the meta game and that's why it's so important and uh you know that's why you got to identify these guys who are also playing that meta game and kind of you know proceed with caution when dealing with them in trades note that they're going to be exploiting you as well and also, or attempting to exploit you, hopefully you won't go for it, but also, you know, attacking those fish that you want to get to. A couple other players, one guy I always like to look for when, when I go into startup leagues is a uh, home team guy or the homer. Um, he's easy to identify. Almost always he names his team after his favorite team. You know, everybody makes a creative name for their team, and then you see, it's, it's usually like a New York Giants, like the New York Giants, and it will be exactly the team. And, uh, you know, his logo will be the same. And it's not 100%, but it is almost 100% that that guy will be drafting his home team players. So it's very, it's just an easy tell. I mean, it's like the leak of all leaks. And the funny thing about it is usually when somebody has a leak that big and, and it's so obvious um, that <laughs> they have a lot of other leaks too. So those become good players to identify just because they, they usually if they've got a huge leak like that and they know it and they're still willing to do it, then they'll do anything for players they love too. But, uh, you know, a thing to look out for that guy is is if you're in a draft with a guy and you know you've got a homer in your in your draft and, and some of the top players for his team are up, and I wouldn't say, you know, overvalue them or even value them up at all, but what I would say is if you have two guys valued the same and you're kind of on the fence and one of those guys plays for the homer's team, I would take that guy because you pretty much have a trade partner lined up that's, that, you know, that's going to almost guarantee you the high-end value of that player to, to pay you what that guy's worth. So like I said, take notes, try to look at these players and, and figure out any kind of early leaks you can get. It's, it's not that easy, um, you know, early on, but that that's why the more you can do it and the more you can get yourself looking for these different things and trying to figure out, is this a tell or is this just, you know, so it's, it'll train your brain for future years. It'll train your brain for other other scenarios and other dynasty leagues. It's just one of those things where you start looking at your at the player base and you start seeing trends. Certain guys like certain players and and usually it's just, it's amazing to me. I mean, sometimes it takes two or three years for, for the best players to rise to the top, but there's it's, oftentimes it doesn't even take a full year. It doesn't even take half an off season. Sometimes the guys just tear through other people, and they go to the guy who knows he knows that hates youth and hates draft picks, and he collects all of his value on those draft picks, and he goes to the guy who loves vets, and so that, that's what I'm talking about. So a couple other archetypes that I just kind of mentioned. Uh, one is what I like to call the dreamer, and, and the dreamers are, are the prime targets um, for just get, getting great value because these guys are guys that they're really 
they're not trying to win. They're, they're definitely in the category of entertainment value guy, but they're on the extreme side of entertainment value guy because they're not. They dream about this great, wonderful team that they're going to build three years down the road, or or that they're just going to if all their young guys are going to pop and therefore they're going to have this dominant team and it's going to be great now and in the future. I mean, the dreamer, I, I'll admit, I, when I first started playing Dynasty, I was somewhat of a dreamer. It's just you come in and you're thinking, okay, this is so much fun. I want the young players because this is going to be you know, the long-term game and I'm going to outsmart these guys who are drafting these old players. But the longer you get around, you kind of see that that's, that's, that approach never wins. That approach is, especially if, if you don't, I mean, I've seen some guys who are borderline dreamers who really love the youth and the value, but they know how to value those players and they know how to deal with people. They know how to say no. And I think that that's a huge thing going into any dynasty league or any kind of trade scenario is just learning how to say no. And, you know, the next episode, we're going to be talking about the negotiating table. I'd like to, you know, talk about some different things as far as trading and, and ways that we can leverage trades in our favor. Um, so we'll get more into that. But but the, the ability to say no throughout, I, I can't emphasize it enough. So I'll be talking about it in the next podcast and I'll talk about it now. Uh, just get used to it because there's just a lot of crappy offers come. A lot of people come to you with weird stuff. And, and you got to learn how to, to be nice and keep relationships going, but to just kind of put put an end to any kind so that they don't because what i found is if you take one bad trade from somebody from that point on you're not likely to get many good trade offers because people will immediately see you and say oh he took a terrible trade offer and then they're going to start offering you terrible trade offers so you set a precedent for how other people are going to approach you so you got to be very diligent about which trades you're willing to accept especially early in a startup because you're setting a precedent for what you're willing to take and how other people are going to approach you and that's i think super important so the less is more don't go out there don't give a lot of information let people come to you kind of identify like i said the dreamer is a good one to note and on the other extreme of that is is the kind of the guy who wants to win now the win now guy and i'm not talking about the good win now guy who balances his dynasty strategy and has really effective good players values his part. i'm talking about the guy that just loves old players and he has depth of old players, and it just doesn't even make any sense because they're guys that aren't even going to be on a starting lineup, and he'll still take an old guy who produces mediocrely over a young guy who could actually be a star, and that's where he makes his mistake because he's just not seeing that you have to have a balance of the two. If you're not building with those youth, because this guy just, oftentimes just gives away his draft picks, and, and I love this guy because I think that draft picks are very undervalued. Um, you just can't tell me that... that you know, if people say, "Oh, I just throw in a third and a fourth for this guy or whatever," you know, I, I find people every year that pay for those third and fourth when they're on the clock. When I have that third or that fourth, and I'm on the clock, even if there's no player I want, I find that somebody always wants somebody. They're just always smitten, and so they will come to you and give you a good player, much better than that three five was worth a week before. So to me, it's just ridiculous that these guys just give away those picks and, and they never get the Alvin Kamaras or the, you know, the, player, the, the rookies that, that, that explode and become great players instantly. These guys never get that because they've just, they sell their first round draft picks. And so you want to take advantage of that and look to sell them some of your older guys and, and they will pay for them. Even, your, even the guys lower down on your roster that are just somewhat productive, try to get something maybe for third, third round picks or whatever. Those are the guys that will give it to you and, and those deals i think it's relative to how you play and in your league and the setup and all those things so i'll leave that to you but i do think that that's that's another angle that we can take another thing i like to do in in startups is i I like to ask a lot of questions i like to come out and and, you know just throw things out like oh who's your favorite team or what do you guys think about this or you know some kind of poll or it's good to get the conversation started 
to gain information. The more people talk, the more they let down their guard. Over a two, three-year period, you learn a lot. But I think because people know they're going to be in leagues with people for so long, they kind of let their guard down even earlier than that because it's just kind of like, oh, I'm going to be around these people for so long. And that's fine. I mean, I, I like to enjoy I, – I know a lot about my league mates, and I have good relations with, with all of them, and I kind of – you know, it, it matters to me what, what happens with them. And they're not, I would consider some of them friends, but at the same time, there's there's a limit to that. I go in every, you know, I don't even know these people. I've never met these people, and and yet they're my biggest competition a lot of times. They're the guy that has that that's you know taking away my championships or taking away the players that I wanted. And so these guys that I I really respect and like are also guys that I have to I have to be weary with. I have to approach them, you know, with a lot of different with strategies against these kind of players because you know see what what if any actually works, um, and because that's you know part of the metagame and, and the advanced metagame when it comes to the, the better players in your league. So I'm going to leave it at that for the podcast. Um, if you want more content like this, you can go ahead and back and go back and listen to my first three episodes. Just be warned that they are pretty rough. It was, you know, I, like I said, I started podcasting last Friday. I was talking into the bottom of my iPad, not realizing that the microphone was actually in the top of the iPad. Um, but I went ahead and posted it anyway. I feel like um, I don't have a lot of time in my life. You're not going to find a lot of editing, um, a lot of production. I really just want to get some ideas out there. I would love to get some feedback and and start getting some other ideas, and we can just keep this going. I think that there's such room um, when you look at, like I said, so many podcasts focus on player analysis, and I will do player analysis. If you listen to podcasts too, I did put some player in there. just, Just understand that when I give you my opinion on players, I'm giving you an opinion on someone else's actual evaluations and and that's important to remember because you might as well just make your own opinion so what i'd like to do is have us sharpen you know sharpen our edges in the metagame and and really add to our tool bag in the dynasty world and and just see what we can come up with i think that is as i continue with this like i said i'm gonna have other podcasts about negotiation table and how we can tilt that to, to our favor and also uh things like even headline hunting you know i just noticed how how often just one little headline at least the headline that sticks creates such a buzz and uh, it creates it just changes player value when the season is so far beginning that it just seems strange to me and, and those are opportunities that we can look for and take advantage of and not only in the off season but as the seasons continue and uh, i really appreciate you listening if you made it this far if you want to get a hold of me like i said you can reach me on twitter at big knowledge fo1 or you can email me at big knowledge football at gmail.com Uh, Thank you for listening and have a great day.